It would seem like the handoff in football is a really, really simple play. I mean, how could it go wrong? It's, it's simple. And one might even wonder, do they even really practice this play? Is this even something they have to practice before they go on the field for the game? But the truth is, if you've watched any football really at all, then you know that nothing else can change a game more than a handoff gone wrong. A quarterback takes the snap and fumbles the ball and can't get the ball to... Some of you fans of these teams are already crying and remembering how bad it hurt when this took place. Quarterback fumbles the snap. A running back tries to turn up field and find the gap in the offensive line to run but they didn't have full possession of the ball. A fumble ensues. The defense has a chance to recover, and worse, the defense might even have a chance to scoop and score. And if it's the visiting crowd who has this happen, momentum shifts, the crowd grows quiet, and worst-case scenario, your team can't recover, and they lose the game. No more win streak, no more playoff run, no championship even though we had all the players we needed, and this was supposed to be the year, and it didn't happen. One moment, I always chuckle when I hear you guys chuckle, because I know those chuckles are coming from Minnesota sports fans. You're accustomed to plays like this, aren't you? We're getting better. We're going to get better. There's always next year. One moment, one play, and it all changes the whole trajectory of our team and the game because we couldn't make a handoff. Today, as as we continue our Next Gen series, I want to talk to you about generational transfer. Another way to say it is a handoff from one generation to another. And much like in football, if we miss the handoff between generations, if we don't pass along what needs to be passed along to the next generations, the results are going to be detrimental to the team. The local church is going to suffer, but even greater than that, God's mission, the church's mission on earth is going to suffer. When we talk about a handoff or talk about generational transfer, we're talking about a definition of passing Jesus and passing faith and truth to the next generation. So in this series, we've talked quite a bit about parenting. The first line of disciples that you are making are your own children. We understand that they can be a part of a local church and should be. We understand that they can be involved in Christian schooling or other Christian groups and activities. Nothing wrong with any of those things. In fact, they can be helpful. But we also understand that majority of the time that our students and next generation spend are not within the local church. If 168 hours are spent every week and only three of those are spent in partnership with the local church then we recognize somebody else is doing a lot of the teaching with our children. At home, at school, in activities, in their life circles. Parenting is vitally important. Parenting is a responsibility. We see in Scripture that kids are a blessing from the Lord, but it comes with responsibility. In fact, I would say that's true of any of God's blessings. He blesses, but they still come with responsibility. 
And it's important for us to disciple our children. It's great to partner with the local church. We should do that. In fact, it would be my prayer that every one of your children, every one of your students would be able to come into EPAG and here at EPAG they would find a reinforcement for all of the things that you're trying to instill in their lives. The things that you're teaching them about God's Word, the things that you're teaching them about faith and about following Jesus, that those things would be reinforced. But there's another extra level or an extra degree of work that God wants to do, and that's among generations within a local church, engaged in connections with each other and even in mentorship between the two. There's certainly time and space for being with people or interacting with people that are in the same place in life. I'll give you an example. Our family, we have three kids, 11, 6, and 2, and so sometimes we enjoy interacting with other families who have children because then the children can play and we can, they can hang out or they can watch a movie together or they can go to another room and keep the mess out of my living room and out of sight. And at least in those few moments, we can have an adult conversation without a kid interrupting, right? Parents, that was a good place to agree with me this morning because you know I'm right about it. Come on. So you, you have those moments. You're, you're going through some of the same challenges. You're dealing and navigating with some of the same things. And so you, you want to hear that wisdom from other people too. But, but I would suggest there's an added element of benefit in our lives when we cross generations as well. Because if we never cross the generations, we miss the opportunity for reflecting the love of Jesus. We miss the opportunity for a combination together that brings love and wisdom and passion and community even within a local church and within our lives. I have found through the years that generations can make some really big assumptions about each other. Younger and older generations can assume things about each other. They can assume that there are no similarities, no common hobbies, no common ground between themselves. The younger generations can wrongly view older generations as too old to be relevant or too old school in their way of thinking. Older generations can view younger generations as too young, too immature, lacking in the characteristics that they feel will make them successful in life. Truth is, it's easy, it's the easy road for generations to isolate from one another rather than stepping out of a comfort zone or the usual circle and connecting and investing in one another. Rather than making assumptions, what if each generation committed to learning about the other one and the other ones and to learn even from each other? What do you like to do for fun? What do you have as a hobby? How do you spend your time when you're not at work or on the weekends? Why are younger generations attached to online platforms? Is there some, some thing behind it that's caused some of that or that, that contributes to their love for that? What can we learn about those people who are ahead of us on the journey? What can we learn or even pour into those people who are behind us on the journey? How can we serve other generations? Or how can we serve with other generations rather than going to the same building week after week and never actually connecting with other people? I'll go even a step further. What if we form relationships among generations because in every generation there are people who are lonely, who are struggling, who are hurting. 
people who are wrestling through a variety of different challenges. We've talked about this even in the last few weeks, but particularly with the younger generations, we're seeing the statistics of only 4% of Gen Z having a biblical worldview. And you add on top of that depression and anxiety, suicidal ideation, and the list goes on. Coming from broken homes and broken families, they have no concept of a good father to even talk about Father God. They have no concept of a local church being a family because they've not seen what it means for a healthy family to be modeled in front of them. And that's just the younger generation. That doesn't speak to the older generations that are finding themselves in a different place in life and they're struggling with what what has their value been attached to and maybe it was attached to work and productivity rather than other things and being found in the Lord and maybe they're struggling because they've lost a spouse or lost loved ones and they're getting older and the people they used to do life with are kind of passing away. There's so many different factors for any generation And we can all make relationships and form relationships and journey together so that there's a healthy opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work. I would suggest no one is too old or too young. No one's too cool or too antique. No one's too fun or too boring. Let's just look at people the way God looks at people. That no matter what age they are, no matter what generation they're a part of, every person needs to know and experience relationship with Jesus. When it all comes down to it, everybody needs Jesus. Right? Turn to your neighbor and tell them this morning, you need Jesus. Turn back to your other neighbor and say, you need Jesus too. We need Jesus. That's the, that's the biggest common ground that we have and the biggest common ground that we need. Ultimately, we all need Jesus. And, and even if we've already made a decision to follow Jesus, have you ever been in a place in life where you just needed some encouragement? Have you ever been in a place in life where you just needed someone to give you a swift swift kick in the south end of your northbound direction? Have you ever just needed someone to help motivate you? So it's not just for the people who need to make a decision to follow Jesus, but it's also that as we have a relationship with the Lord, we can actually become the people the Holy Spirit works through to encourage and to grant wisdom and motivation to continue on the journey. You might say, well, what does this have to do with a football handoff? Well, I'm, I've not played organized football. I've played backyard football. That's a totally different game. But uh, I've not played in the organized football, but I've watched plenty of football. I have a pretty good love for football. And um, I've learned that if the handoff is going to work properly, the quarterback not only has to take the snap and the running back not only has to take the handoff, but somewhere in between all of that, there is a simultaneous connection to that ball by both players' hands. Both of them have to be a part of the play for the handoff to work right. Here's my one main thought for us today when it comes to generations within the body of Christ in the local church. For generations to benefit from each other, both or all generations must participate in the handoff. Everybody's got to be a part of that journey. Generations have to be willing to throw down the assumptions, to throw down what they think they know, to throw down the judgments maybe they've already made, and instead to be willing to be part of the journey together. I do my part, you do your part, we all play a part, and the church succeeds the way God intends. There has to be a respect among generations. There has to be a genuine curiosity 
I just want to get to know other people. We're on this journey together. God's placed us together. We want to be on this journey together. There has to be a right perspective that ultimately you and I, no matter what age we're a part of, no matter what generation we're part of, we are all learners, lifelong learners. And actually, we should carry the philosophy that we can learn something in every interaction and conversation that we have. That, that genuine curiosity that says, what would God want to teach me as I'm interacting with people through my day? I'm going to take you for just a few moments to 1 Timothy chapter 5. First Timothy chapter 5, Paul the Apostle, I've always loved his writings to Timothy because Timothy was a young pastor that Paul had brought along, really a spiritual son. And he talks to Timothy quite a bit about leadership in the local church. He talks to Timothy quite a bit about what a local church should do and how people should act and how, what Timothy should be committed to in speaking and teaching truth so that people can grow in Christ. And he seems to give this picture to Timothy of what a healthy church and what a healthy dynamic could be when the younger and older generations are journeying together. First Timothy 5 verse 1, Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. Talk to younger men as you would to your own brothers. Treat older women as you would your mother, and treat younger women with all purity as you would your own sisters. These verses provide a wonderful snapshot of what a healthy church community, what a healthy group of Jesus followers with multiple generations should be. For far too long, I've seen churches that gravitate to one end or the other of the generational spectrum. They're either an older church that don't want to reach any new people, they become too inward focused, they ultimately die as people die off, or they've swung the pendulum so far that they only reach to a certain age group and they uh, alienate the older generations along the way. What this shows us is that there are interactions that can take place and relationships that can take place among generations, and these actually massively contribute to the unity of the church. When generations see each other the right way, it doesn't disrupt the harmony of a local church because no one is fighting for their own way. It actually contributes to the unity of the church because we're journeying together, believing we all bring value to the conversation. We value each generation, every person, and when we do, it's actually a reflection of the love of Jesus himself. These verses give us a great example of what can happen between generations. We're told in Scripture that younger generations can view older generations as parental figures. Maybe you didn't grow up in a strong, healthy family dynamic environment. Uh, maybe you struggle with understanding the role of a parent in your life because yours were absent. Younger generations can have spiritual or adoptive, if you will, parental figures. And we're not talking about people who have their set of rules and they're trying to impose them on the younger generations to act the way they think they ought to act, but rather to share wisdom from life experience and from God's faithfulness through all the things they've lived. To be able to heed instruction as if the Father is pouring it into our lives. In fact, that's how Solomon wrote in Proverbs. In Proverbs chapter 1 and repeatedly throughout his writings, 
Solomon would say, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. The whole idea being, have respect for those who are further along the journey, recognizing that as they speak into your life, they're not just speaking just to talk. They're actually giving you valuable information, valuable lessons about how to live, how to follow Jesus, and even what not to do. And if that can help us to know how to follow Jesus, if that can help us to to maybe not make some mistakes that they made, if that can help us to do right things and have wisdom to make better decisions in life, great. In fact, I would go far enough to say, and this is a, a responsibility that I would say belongs to older generations and wherever you classify yourself in that, but I would say that the older generations should be a good example worth following to younger generations. How do you follow Jesus? How do you navigate life with following Jesus? How do you make decisions? How do you deal with all the things that come your way? Older generations should be those who set a great example worth following to younger generations. On the flip side of this, older generations, we're told in Scripture, can view younger generations as brothers and sisters in Christ, not as projects. Not as less than or less valuable in some way, but believing that those souls and those people, no matter what age they are, are just as loved by God. They may not be as far along the journey, but they're just as much a part of the family of God and bring a lot to the table. I've always loved what Paul told Timothy just one chapter earlier in 1 Timothy 4. He said, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young, but be an example to all believers. I've always thought of it this way. Don't try to, don't, if you're in a younger generation, don't try to fight back or have the, the verbal barbs of, of trying to defend that you really love Jesus, but maybe somebody thinks you don't because you just live a different way or there are different things still in existence in your life. The, the point of what Paul is telling Timothy here is just set an example. Don't get caught up in arguing back and forth about it, but set an example. Prove by the way you live that you love Jesus. Prove by the way that you live that you want to be a follower of Jesus and to continue to let Him shape your life. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but instead be an example to all believers in what you say and that way you live in your love, your faith, and your purity. So I would say to older generations, let's make sure that we don't make grand assumptions. Let's make sure that we don't assume that just because they're young, somehow they don't love Jesus. Because I would tell you today that there are a lot of young people who have a really really great love and passion for Jesus. In fact, I can tell you today that in our Assemblies of God Fellowship, and particularly in the Assemblies of God World Missions and other missions organizations, you will find that some of the newest missionaries who are signing up and saying, send me to the darkest, hardest places in the world, are the young people. They're the younger generations. They're the people who are coming out perhaps of school, and they're saying, you know what? I'll give my entire life to serve Jesus and to help spread His gospel. That's a passion for Jesus. That's willing to lay down life. So don't assume that because someone is young that somehow they don't love Jesus. They may not be as far along in the journey, but they still love the Lord. They bring a lot to the table. A lot of passion, a lot of giftings, a lot of creativity in younger generations, and a lot of desire to see God be lifted up and His truth being proclaimed. 
So if I can take for just a moment a pastoral moment, uh, what I mean by that is often it's, it's a directed moment or a directed word to people who are hearing a message. I want to speak to, uh, however you categorize yourself, I want to speak to the generations because no matter which generation you're a part of, we're to be all one body of Christ. One body of Christ. All brought in the same way, all serving the Lord, all going to the same eternal destination to spend forever together. One body, no matter what the age is. I want to speak to each generation as an encouragement today. First, I want to talk to those who might consider themselves to be further along the journey, maybe consider themselves to be older generations. It's my prayer today that these verses I'm about to read would be an embrace of your life that this would describe where you are and your prayer and your heart. Here's what the psalmist said in Psalm 71. Since my youth, God, you have taught me, and to this day I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Lord, I've been with you on the journey. I've been through a lot of things, I've navigated a lot of circumstances, I've navigated a lot of relationships, but I've seen you be so faithful and so good and so wonderful and so awesome. And Lord, now that I'm at this place in life, I don't want to give up. This is not my time to sit back and relax. This is not my time to fade away into the background. This is my moment, Lord, that you can use me to help influence and inspire other people. This is the moment that that I can be used to do that. So often I see in local churches that older generations can get to this place where they've served faithfully, and they have. They've served, they've given, they've prayed, they've done all these things in the local church. And rightfully so, they can come to this place to some degree where they begin to feel like, well, maybe, maybe it's time for me to allow other people to serve. Maybe it's time for me to not occupy these roles. And so sometimes older generations can kind of sit back and let others do things. And we certainly want to have space an opportunity for people to bring their giftings to the table. But I would actually say, older generations, this can be the prime of your life. The prime of your life when you're able to pour on and pour into those next generations so that your legacy and what it means to follow Jesus will far outlive you, but will live on in your family and in your local church. I've seen it also where in a local church, uh, churches can alienate the older generations and actually sort of push them aside, and that's not the right move either. It's bringing the generations together. Uh, in, in the horticulture world, we would use the term cross-pollinate. It's the idea of cross-generations cross and bring the benefits of both together. It's the idea of the wisdom and the passion growing together for Jesus. I call on you to embrace this as a prime of your life when you can pour on and pour into those next generations, declaring God's truth, God's power, God's work, blessings, and faithfulness to the next generations. In addition to Psalm 71, I would leave you with this thought, older generations. If there's one summary statement, it would be this. Be the person you needed when you were younger. Be the person you needed when you were younger. I I bet that you can look back in life and remember a person who was that person for you. You can remember that person who taught a class. You can remember that person who had you over for meals. I, I remember my own father. His family didn't go to church, but there was a lady that for years started picking him up and taking him to church. Somewhere along in life, somebody influenced you. 
And you can look back and you can see that impact. You can recognize that they made a difference in your life because they weren't focused on themselves, they were focused on others, and they served. And I'm telling you today, you can do the very same thing and pass on what you experienced. You can be the person to someone else that you needed when you were younger. Now let me speak to younger generations. To younger generations, I would share with you the words of Proverbs chapter 30, or excuse me, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. And it's repeated in Scripture. This is just one place. The Scripture says, Walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Now, this is not to imply that every person in your circle is a fool. It's not to imply that you shouldn't have people in your life who are on the same place in the journey. None of that's wrong. But it's understanding that your circle does have a lot of influence on your present and your future. It is understanding that your friends will help cultivate and develop who you become in the future. Someone once said, it's not new to me or new to us today, but someone once said, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. There's some validity to that. Because those people are going to speak into your life. They're going to speak into your heart. They're going to speak into your mind. They're going to shape how you navigate and how you think about things. So who is in your circle? Who are you looking to? And I would challenge you today to take advantage of the wealth of wisdom you have at your disposal right here in your local church. I get it. It's popular for us these days. that You and I probably do some of the same things. We read books. We listen to podcasts. We seek help from other sources. All of those things are wonderful. In fact, I encourage you to do those things from quality sources that can benefit your walk with Jesus in your life. But perhaps there is no one who is more similar to who you're trying to be in Christ and no one more similar to who who you're trying to be as you follow Jesus and no one who is going to be able to be as with you in this journey as someone right here in this room or someone right here in this church community. Because you can listen to the books and the podcasts and all those things are wonderful, but there's going to be a moment somewhere in life, maybe even a crisis, And you're going to need to be able to call someone or text someone and say, I need to talk. I need to pray. I need to get together and see what the Lord would say because I'm in a spot that I don't know what to do. You have a wealth of wisdom at your disposal right here. There may be no one else who can speak to uh, the journey than people in this room, the way they can speak to it through marriage. Uh, how, do I, how do I choose the right spouse? How do I navigate the hardships if marriage has hardships? I know none of your marriages have hardships, but if your marriage is having moments of intense fellowship or if you're navigating different challenges in life or what about parenting? How do I navigate parenting? How do I navigate jobs and careers and determine when is it time to move on? When is it time to not? How do I deal with this battle of the flesh and the spirit. I want to grow in the things of God, but I got this flesh that doesn't always like that. And how did you learn to follow Jesus and get up every day and deny yourself and follow Jesus? How did you make decisions? How how do you choose? How do you hear the voice of God? How do you follow peace? What does it look like? How did you navigate life? Younger generations, those questions and many others can be really well answered by people who are part of your local church community. People who are Jesus followers around you. They've had to navigate these things. In some ways, God has blessed you with built-in mentors who can journey in your life with you and help you. Here's what I'd love. 
as a pastor, and I think probably every pastor in the world would say some of the same things, every pastor wants people to take it upon themselves, to take initiative and be intentional, to take a step out of their comfort zone and to form relationships with other people. Every pastor would say they want their people to follow Jesus and to have such a love for one another that anybody who ever walks through the doors could feel welcomed and there would be an environment for God to work. Here's what I've recognized is that sometimes we're not great at stepping out of our comfort zone. Sometimes we don't ask for the help we really need. Sometimes we don't give people opportunity to speak into our lives just naturally. It's not our default. So today, I want to encourage you, we will help you as a church to help you make the initial connection. You're sitting here today, and you're hearing this message, and you're saying, you know what, I really would, would love to sit down with somebody who's further along the journey, and that they could pour into my life because I don't feel like I have all the answers. I would love to sit down and talk with someone to help know, how do I honor God with my finances? How do I honor God in my marriage? How do I honor God in parenting? What steps do I need to be taking at this point in life that help to ensure that the future is what it should be? There are people in this room today who can do that. You have wisdom and motivation that you can take advantage of. Let me put your mind at ease. All generations, let me put your mind at ease. You don't have to be hip or cool or up on the latest lingo. When I was writing this message out, I wrote, you don't have to be hip or cool or have all the riz, and I took it out because I don't even feel comfortable saying it. I'm not cool enough. I never have been. I've always been a young person or an old man trapped in a young person's body who would rather drink coffee with an old man's group and read a newspaper at a local McDonald's every morning. I'm a routine guy. I just, I've never quite fit in some of those ways. You don't have to be hip or cool. You don't, you don't have to like dominoes or watch Bonanza or whatever other Andy Griffith black and white show you can think of. It doesn't have to be like that. You're not having to try to turn yourself into someone different. You're not having to try to put on a mask or a persona to try to give an impression that's not really you. Here's what you need to do. You need to love Jesus and grow and continue to grow to love people like Jesus and just be real and just be authentic and just be honest and genuine. Just be transparent enough to let some people see that you actually do bleed. Be genuine enough to to let people see that you're not perfect and you're still trying to learn and grow as well. And yet at the same time, be vulnerable enough that then you're also giving permission for other people to speak into your life. I think it's one thing to be transparent. It's one thing to share where our struggles are. It's another whole different level of vulnerability to then say to the person across the room, I believe the Holy Spirit can speak to you, to me. And I give you permission to speak into my life. To be teachable to be understanding that we can all learn and grow in every conversation. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be hip or cool. You don't have to do all the things that you think everybody else and every other generation does. You need to love Jesus and love people and be willing to be relational on the journey. So today we want to give you the opportunity. Um, We think that you can take your first step on your own, but we also understand you may not know what to do or how to do that. So we're going to give you opportunity. If you're interested today in journeying with someone... You say, I'd love to have someone who's ahead of me on the journey. I'd love to be able to help somebody maybe who's further behind me on the journey. 
We have a QR code today that you can scan, and all you're doing is expressing interest. There's no obligation. There's no commitment. We're not asking you to sign a blood covenant today. We're not asking you to give us all of your information, including your social security number and your bank routing number. We're not doing any of that stuff. We're simply saying, hey, if we can help you to be more intentional and more relational and to grow more in your faith because you're on a journey with others, then we want to help you do that. So today you can, you can click that. And you can do that. One other way I would just share really quickly. If you're interested in staying connected with next generations, then find a way to serve them. Our EPAG kids and EPAG youth teams always need people who would serve. Why? Because there are always next generations that we can serve and we can serve with. So take an opportunity. And I, I know what I usually hear from people. People will say, well, I'm, I'm not a teacher. Or people will say, you know, I, I just don't know if I could be the one up speaking to a room full of kids or students. We're not asking everyone to be on the same spot in the journey. We're not asking everyone to do the same role in a ministry team. That's why there are different roles and different opportunities that people can serve. Let me, let me start with a simple one that everybody can do. Are you ready for this? You can pray for the next generations. Everybody can do that. You can love the next generations when you see them. Everybody can do that. And you can even take a step further and serve. We have a a growing next-gen population, our student ministries, our youth ministries, our young adult ministries. It's been so so crazy cool to be a part and see these things happening and to see that, that there's community growing as they're with each other and all these different things. And so I encourage you serve. I hear people sometimes say things like, man, we're a growing church and I feel like I don't know half of these people. Let me tell you a good way to get to know people. Serve them. Serve them. You get an opportunity to interact with people on teams and you get a chance to interact with the people you serve and you get a chance to know them and stay connected with the pulse of the church. I want to encourage you today to take a, take a next step. What is your next step? to be involved and plugged in and connected strongly with people of other generations because there's something special that can happen when we come together. I've said before that my grandmother was a minister for more than 50 years and my mom and dad always had us in church and so I grew up in the, the more of a church culture, church background. But some of the greatest times that I can ever remember weren't the moments of just hearing someone stand on a platform and talk or preach. Some of the greatest moments were sitting on the couch in a living room, sitting on the floor by their feet while they sat on a chair somewhere, and just listening. Sometimes I'll hang out with people that are older than I am, and I don't do a lot of talking. I just listen. Because there's so much wisdom and so much opportunity to glean from those conversations. What if we took that genuine curiosity perspective what if we took that genuine we're lifelong learners and we can glean something out of doing this life together we want to help you do that today would you stand with me if you're in the room and if you're online i'd love to hear from you as well i'm going to ask our prayer team members that are here would you come and make yourself available on either side of the auditorium today in a few moments i'm going to pray for you and i'm going to trust that you take the appropriate next step whether that's scanning a qr code or whether you're walking up to someone like someone else did today and you're saying hey would you just adopt me 
Would you just journey with me? I just want, I want to be on the journey together. Would you do that? So whether you're going to someone that you recognize already or, or whether you're scanning a QR code or stopping by the hub, whatever the case, whether you're adopting, whether you're being mentored, whether you're joining a team, whatever the case, and ultimately, you've got great connection opportunities right here in this room, right out in the lobby. You've got great opportunities to walk up and talk with people. These prayer team members are going to be here. If you've made a decision today or want to make a decision to follow Jesus or you want to talk about what it means to follow Jesus, there are people today who will talk with you and pray with you. If you have needs today, maybe it's some of the very things we prayed about earlier, but you want to just agree in prayer to to help leave it at the feet of Jesus and not take it with you as a heaviness in your heart. If you have needs or maybe needs that you didn't raise your hand for today, there are people here who will pray with you and agree with you. I'm going to pray over you, and I just challenge you today to be intentional on this journey, to journey with other people, and let the Holy Spirit be at work as you talk with one another, as you interact. Let's, let's, let's make one grand assumption, not about each other, but about God, that God is so big and God is so great and powerful that He can speak to us in any conversation He wants to. That he can use other people to encourage and motivate. That he can use us to help minister to someone else. Let's believe that. Let's go into our life and know our interactions believing that and expecting God to work. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you so much for what you spoke to us in your word and what you're speaking to us today. Thank you for the snapshots in scripture of what the healthy church should look like. The one body of Christ made up of multiple people, multiple personalities, multiple generations, but one body of Christ. Help us, Lord, to recognize the opportunity that we have to journey together and how it so wonderfully, spiritually even, and even practically affects our lives for the good. Help us, God, to seek out those who will pour into us and help us be people who pour into the next generations as well. Help us, oh God, not to disqualify ourselves with certain excuses or reasons why we shouldn't do it, but help us, Lord, to just trust you, to trust the Holy Spirit to be at work, to trust the Holy Spirit to help us in this journey. May, oh Lord, you be at work in our interactions together. Father, I pray today that you would bless and keep this people. Make your face to shine upon them and be gracious to them. May your countenance, your favor ever be turned in their direction and grant them your peace, I pray. Meet every need. May every heart follow you. And may we see this week some wonderful moments with people of other generations. May we have a love in our heart for you, Lord, greater than ever before. And may that love for you and your love through us translate into our love for one another. And we thank you for it, Lord. Jesus' name.